listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me, as always, are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And in our podcast today, we're going to talk about how to find a puppy from a good breeder, or how to find a good breeder so you can get a good puppy. Now, this isn't to say we're not proponents of rescue. We are, and we've all rescued dogs, but that's going to be another podcast in the future, in the close future. We won't wait too long, but in the future. This time, we want to talk about getting a dog from a breeder. And we're assuming that you know what a puppy mill is. Puppy mills are farms that breed puppies in mass, usually in poor conditions, usually strictly as a commercial venture. And these puppies are often sold in in puppy stores, pet stores that sell puppies. And I I don't think of them as breeders. I think of them as puppy factories. And that's a good, but but we need to clarify that. That is not what we consider a breeder. My thoughts of a good breeder are someone who is breeding puppies for the benefit of the breed, for providing healthy puppies that have gotten a good start in life, that are going to be good companions, working partners, play partners, but a good healthy puppy. So that that's a de- definition I go by. And how to find a good breeder? Well, years ago when I got one of my dogs who, who was a German Shepherd, I thought the best way to find a, a good breeder was to go to a certain registry's website, and I'll, I'll not say the name of it, a certain registry's website and look up on their list of breeders. And that was someone who showed their dog in confirmation dog shows and, um, and produced puppies from those dogs. My definition since then has changed, and I don't think that confirmation dog shows are always the best judge of what a dog is, because I think we've also got to consider his brain, mm-hmm. his health, his working instincts, what was he bred to do as a puppy. And I want someone, when I'm getting a puppy, I want someone who's taking all of that into consideration, not just whether the dog can compete in a confirmation dog show, like Westminster Kennel Club. I, I want the whole package. Especially with the fads that seem to be happening in that world. Oh, and German Shepherds are a good example of it. I love the breed. It was my first breed. I've written a couple books on German Shepherds. I still love German Shepherds. But what they are today is nothing like they were decades ago. Yeah, very true. And we see that in the dogs in our classes, not just the dogs that we see on TV at the dog shows. So 
let's talk a little bit. Well, Petra, you and I are getting a new puppy later yeah. this year. The puppies yeah. were just born a couple days ago. This particular breeder I researched about 15 years ago. Yep, you did. And I didn't get a puppy at that time because Bashir showed up in my life, and I'm so glad he did. But I did go back to her four years later to get bones, or four years ago to get bones. And I found her through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I was researching English Shepherds. And I started asking people, you know, this is a rare rare breed. Who do you recommend? I started emailing people. I started looking on websites. I started reading everything I could find about the breed. And eventually, I her name kept popping up, and uh, I contacted her. She invited me to call her, and I must have talked her ear off for two hours. <laughs> She can hold her own, too. Oh, yes, she can. Good conversation. (laughs) Yes, she can. Yes, she can. It wasn't all me doing all the talking. And eventually I was impressed enough with her that I asked her to put me on a list for a future puppy. And then when Bones showed up, or Bashir showed up, I had to ask her to take me off. When I contacted her four and a half, five years ago to be put on a list, which turned out to be Bones... When I contacted her, I said, I don't know if you remember me. And she said, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, is that good or bad? <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, Bashir is 12 now. And I said, I, I'm ready to uh, actually change breeds. And do you have a litter coming out? And she said, at that point, she said, I'll be having a litter in probably within the year. And I said, okay, put me on the list, please. And she said, great. And that turned out to be Bones. And he's absolutely awesome you know i think we all started i mean i my first german shepherd it was i wanted a german shepherd i wanted well then i was only like what 20 so i wanted something that had working lines Mm -hmm. not knowing exactly what that was exactly yeah i thought oh that would be a smart dog you're not knowing enough you know we all start we all learn from our mistakes but, Not um, always, but we try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I found him, I think it was actually an ad in the paper, and went out to Poway, and both parents were actually working dogs. Dad was a sheriff's dog there in that area, so they were actually law enforcement dogs. And, I, and now Hans turned out to be an awesome dog. I love that dog. He would but his first work. year, year and but a half of life were tough. It was, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that, that's the t- that's the dog that Liz failed me, what, six times in, in the beginning class? No, five times. Okay. And then I told you, come back a sixth time, then I won't charge you. Help me in class, and, and we'll call it even. And now that's 30 years later, and I'm yeah. still here. <laughs> but, yeah, I felt bad One for One of these days, you're going to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> really? Right. And uh, and but I learned from that experience. He was a tough, tough. dog. He was yeah. tough, but she was bound and determined. She was going to make it work, and and he did eventually grow up and yeah. turn up to be a nice dog. But it took a while. Yeah, that was a tough one. But I think after that, then just being around, well, the knowledge that you shared, Liz, with me, and and watching you pick and talking to breeders, I thought I am not doing that again. <laughs> you know. And again, the word of mouth, watching other people's dogs as from puppies as they grow up. It gives you, you know, a chance to see of what you like, what you yes. don't like. and Get familiar with the lines. And don't be afraid to ask questions. 
One of our trainers, Melissa, is great at asking questions. Boy, she'll drill holes in your head to suck all the answers out, which is wonderful. But to me, a dog is a commitment. And I want to match the dog with my lifestyle and what I like to do with my dog. And I, in particular, I like herding dogs. I've had toy breed dogs also. I've had, well, I've had a Papillon. I've had a Bulldog. I've had a Dalmatian. I've had a Doberman. So I've, my husband and I have had a Bull Mastiff. So we've had a variety of dogs, but I keep going back to herding dogs. Mm-hmm. Those fit me. They fit what I like to do. I like their attitude. I know the way their brain thinks. And so by narrowing it to herding dogs and then to breeds that even more closely match what I like, and then for me, breeds that are healthy, (laughs) and because so many aren't, and then continuing that narrowing process and then talk to a number of breeders and then find a breeder whose philosophies, whose, whose ideas about dogs more closely align with your own. I mean, watching you when you got bones, I waited. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how he was raised, how, how the breeder did her thing, how when you got him, until I decided, oh, yeah, okay. Because, like, Aussies, I loved Aussies. Well, I don't sure. Know, I had so many. You had so many. Yeah. But they're not healthy now. No, and that was heartbreaking. Yeah. So watching the English Shepherd, mm-hmm. then I went to her and got Poncho, and I couldn't be more pleased. Love the way she does the work. And so mm-hmm. many people say so many things about and, it. And it's raising wonderful. puppies isn't easy. Well, if we start at the very beginning, finding the right match, the right bitch and the right stud dog. Mm-hmm. The breeder that we go to, she can talk pedigrees up one side and down the other, and my brain doesn't even go there. (laughs) I mean, uh, she starts going this and this and this, and I'm just going, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you his mom and dad and his grandparents. (laughs) She's got the brain for that minutia, and I don't say minutia in denigrating it it's not it's but it's all those details and then when she looks at stud dogs for her bitches she's gone across country yeah to breed a, a, a girl and i mean she's this is serious business which i just totally admire uh but her goal is to help the breed to help it continue not to change it because it's a wonderful breed as is but to keep it as good as it is. And then once the puppies are born, well, we teach puppy classes. We know how important that good start is. And she does wonderful socialization and uh, just picking a puppy up and turning them upside down and putting them on different surfaces and having them around different people and different animals. She invites kids over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate kids. sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the puppies and then pots and pans and toys and bones litter she introduced to ducks before they she sent them home when they were seven weeks old they were following ducks around and of course (laughs) videos of all of this happening so the potential puppy homes get to see what she's doing and why she's doing it and the reactions of the different puppies yes i remember with the ducks there was one puppy that hung back 
Another was like, ah! And then, you know, in the middle of the pack. So. Yeah, then Bones was in the middle of the pack going, oh, this looks interesting. Trot, 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 trot. Ooh, look at that. A feather. Ooh, trot, <laughs> trot, trot. Ooh, goose. And, and, or duck poo. <laughs> and, and she raises these puppies in her home with the family right there. Right. They're, they're not in a run. They're not in dog runs because she's got, you know, five litters going at one time. She's careful in how often she breeds her bitches so she doesn't overbreed. And they're part of the family mm-hmm. the whole time up to the day they go to their new homes. When I brought Bones home, he was, of course, he was a little lost. Oh, where am I? What's going on? But the first day I got him, I brought him here to play in the grass at the dog training yard. And he saw a gopher hole and he pounced on it. He was confident. He was adaptable. He could be a little startled, but then he recovered. Mm-hmm. And oh, that bounce back is so important. Mm-hmm. We talk about bounce back at our puppy in classes. our puppy classes, yeah. and that's a skill. Yeah. And I was impressed he had it. So a good breeder that can get your puppy off on the right paw, <laughs> to use a little pun. But yeah, and I think that affects the temperament of the bitch, mm-hmm. and how she passes on her temperament to her. Yeah, some of it's genetic, but there's also uh, nurture. Mm-hmm. Well, mom is calm and relaxed. Yeah. A good comparison would be Quill's breeder. He was well-bred. She's into the breed, and she she breeds carefully. But when he was born, she had other stuff going on in her life. Her, yeah, lots of family problems were happening where she had to do a lot of traveling. And so he missed out on a lot. Yeah, his litter ended up spending a lot of time in the runs. Yeah. So I had to work on his bounce back remedially. And, and his yeah. problem solving. and mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to take a break for our sponsors. So hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's all-natural canine system saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System saver.com it's hard to find time for your furry family member that's where camp bow wow comes in all day play and overnight camp daycare and boarding for dogs everything is included large play areas for fun and exercise spacious cabins comfy cots even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone camp bow wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog for locations and more information visit campbowwow.com Get the stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. PD stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite. 
is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is now soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smell. Dynavite's the bomb. Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. The other thing that a good breeder does that I've had a little experience with this past year is... All of the health checks, and I say I I had um, some experience with it because Bones's breeder asked me to make him available for stud a limited number of times because she felt his genetics was important enough to be passed on. And he, even in her eyes, I'm I'm granted I'm biased extremely no. so. Really? You think I, she I, likes her dog. I don't no. love I don't love my dog, <laughs> but anyway. she wanted his genetics passed on. So before I even thought about doing that, of course, hips are checked and OFA'd. There were a number of veterinary tests, uh, health tests that needed to be done, including his eyes and heart and, and all kinds of other things, anything that could potentially be passed on in this breed. And that's not cheap. Yeah. That's not cheap. I probably spent about $1,000 before I told his breeder that these were completed and that he was fine as far as all these tests were concerned and talked to her about it. And she said, yes, that she would help me find appropriate girls for him to breed, that the pedigrees would be compatible. So a good breeder is going to check the lineage, but also check the individual dog. Right, right, right. You know, is this dog appropriate to be bred? Is his physical confirmation, his temperament, his personality, his working instincts, his drive, and his health? Is this appropriate? And it's not cheap. A good breeder is going to do all those tests. And uh, Bones has sired two litters, and I required the same thing of the owners of those bitches. When they contacted me and said we would like to use bones, I asked them for the same thing. Just to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and to keep the lines healthy. To keep to keep the you know, to keep the To keep a healthy breed as healthy as possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean we know right now um somebody looking for a particular breed and she's doing research here on the west coast for this particular breed versus what's on east coast and it's a rare breed yeah it's a rare breed and and what she's come across was just amazing how some people just loved the temperament of this certain bitch and she has she's um has hip dysplasia but that's okay because her temperament is just outstanding so they kept breeding her so they keep breeding her so of course you know she walked away from that one, and yet the other person it does exactly like our breeder does. 
very into all the testing, wants to keep these lines as healthy as possible for what they're meant to, to do. So. What I asked uh, one of my puppy owners how they picked their puppy, and um, it was because the breeder was breeding for a pastel color, period. Uh, period. Run. <laughs> yeah. Run quickly. Run. <laughs> Run. Run quickly. And they didn't know the questions to ask. Right. right. And yeah. the person was saying, oh, they're just so beautiful, and I just love this light, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, of course, they have nice, but nothing about hips or eyes or anything else. Yeah. Now, see, I didn't choose bones. I told the breeder what I was looking for in a dog, what I did with my dogs, what I would be asking my dogs to do with me. And she, of course, watching her litter for eight, nine mm. weeks, then said, this particular puppy is going to suit you the best. Mm-hmm. She's and, very good at picking out the personalities to fit. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, although she although this, when you got Poncho, she, that was, <laughs> she was down to two puppies. And she was going to keep one and Petra was going to get one. And she kept flip-flopping between the two. Oh, my God. Because the two were so much alike uh-huh. that she couldn't really decide and when we drove up to pick up the puppy we still still didn't didn't know know which one you were gonna get still did not know and she we met her and she opened the car door and said well here you go and it only until we and she still at that point didn't say who it was until we opened the crate and then only at that point when i knew which of the two you know was and i am so happy i got the one i wanted yeah But it does make sense because they spend the time with these little forming creatures. Sure. Know who's pushy. Especially because she has them in the house. They're there. She sees them. All the time. Yeah, 24 hours a day, practically. When I got Bashir, as I had said earlier, I was on a list for an English Shepherd. I wasn't going to get another Aussie because Riker had been diagnosed with severe hip dysplasia. And the dog before him, Dax, had liver disease. And so I was pretty burnt out on on Aussies and vet bills. And then Bashir's breeder, who I'd known for many years in, in the breed, called and said, I have a puppy down here who would be perfect for you. Now, I hadn't contacted her asking for a puppy. She just called and she said, I have a puppy down here who would be perfect for you. And I went, okay. And so Paul and I and Petra said, I'll go with you. Famous last words. <laughs> and we went down. I want to love and, my puppies. And we sat down in, in lawn chairs in her yard. And the puppies, were. this whole litter was running around. And she picked up this one puppy. And she put him in my lap. And I held him. And then Paul held him. So all the other puppies are running around. And this puppy's in my lap or Paul's lap going, Hi, I want to go home with you. And that's all she wrote. Now, Petra is watching them run around. And she sees the leader of the pack running around. (laughs) And she falls in love with him. But she wasn't ready for a puppy yet. So she didn't make any commitment. And 
what was it? Two days later, you found out your old girl had cancer. Cancer, yeah. My so she had cancer. So she calls down to this yeah. breeder, and and the breeder said, "I had put a hold on that puppy. I knew you'd be back for him." Yep, my name was already on it. Didn't even know it. Yeah. So good breeders, especially those who've been doing it a while and who pay attention to their puppies, they know what their puppy needs. Bashir's breeder knew that I worked with my dogs, that I did stuff with them, that I did therapy dog work with them, that they did obedience training and everything else. And she knew he needed someone who was going to do stuff with him. She knew that he would not be happy as a pet. And I'm not denigrating pets. My dogs are pets too. But she knew that he needed someone who would work with him. So don't be surprised if a good breeder asks you a lot of questions. Oh, and they do. I mean, some sample questions. What traits are you looking for in terms of temperament and physicality and so forth? What are your plans for a dog? I mean, do you want a farm dog? Do you want a companion? Do you want want agility? Do you want a therapy dog? Yeah. What experience do you have with owning and training a dog? That tells her whether she should pick the uh, the hard case or the more compliant one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? sure. Or whether her dogs are even right for you. If she breeds working dogs, like Petra's first German Shepherd, mm-hmm. and you don't have the skills or the time or the patience to work with this dog. Or the per- yard. Yeah. Or yeah. perhaps this isn't the right dog or breed for you. Right. Right. You know, and then even other little things like qualities that you could simply not live with. That's a great question. Do you really think Kate's, about that? Kate's Jack Russell Terrier. I'd have killed him. <laughs> he's not a go. he's not a bad boy. He's not a bad boy at all. But I'm not a terrier owner. And those terrier traits, the the tenacity, the and he's very well trained and he works with Kate wonderfully. But he doesn't come asking to do stuff you know it he amuses himself mm-hmm. and um being a herding dog person and not a terrier person that would bug me <laughs> i mean how many times do we all go on a trip together we bring all the dogs and our our herding groups all around liz and i and stuff and then kate and there goes the terrier <laughs> uh, K- kate are you gonna call? he'll be back oh okay kate is he gonna he'll be back there he comes he's back and he zooms in and goes, hey, I'm here. Okay, and see you in a bit. Boom. Yep, I'll zoom out. Okay, So, yeah, you know, what, what characteristics would drive you nuts? Because if I had Quill, we'd have a very bad relationship. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked, and I'd have probably placed him in another home. Yeah. Or wouldn't have got him in the first place if, if I was bright. So, yeah, what characteristics would not work for you? Yeah, I mean, the, some examples on this. Shedding, barking, shyness, hard-headed. <laughs> you know? Why do you look at my dog? St- <laughs> stubborn, uh, independent. Uh, <laughs> or were you looking at me? You know, <laughs> really, my shedding is not that bad. You know, and then they ask, you know, what? who is in your household? You know, in front of kids, people, who lives there, what are the animals you have? Do you have livestock? What kind? I mean, this particular breeder wants to know what is your life like. Yeah. This pup isn't going to when, your world. When I what had when I had papillons, kids were a big deal. Mm. Most of the papillon breeders would not sell a baby puppy to a family with very young children. Not that the kids were bad; it's just 
Papillon babies are so fragile. Now, often if they had a retired show dog or a dog that was returned to them, perhaps a breeder, uh, the owner passed away, they might place an adult dog if the kids were dog wise and were good, but they wouldn't sell a baby Papillon puppy to little kids. So it it can make a difference. Mm-hmm. One of the flags for me is the age they want you to come get the puppy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, the breeder that we're working with, um, thankfully, and Bashir's breeder, I said, I don't want to pick up the puppy before 10 weeks. Okay, no problem. Because 10 weeks, they get all that time with mom and litter mates, and they learn all these important lessons how to accept discipline, how to learn not to use your mouth on each other because that hurts. And we see so many problems with puppies that leave too early. One of the most egregious cases that we've heard in a while, a woman started puppy class with a Great Dane puppy and informed us that she was going to go get two more Great Dane puppies. We'll come to find out she lives in a townhouse apartment. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? breeder was going to sell you three Great Danes to live in. And she didn't have the knowledge base to even start to cope with that. She just wanted one dog for each of her kids. <laughs> Not well, a little dog either. Not a little dog the either. Dog. <laughs> and then to find yeah. out the breeder wanted them picked up at eight, seven weeks, eight weeks. Oh, early. It was early. 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 It, was, it was before eight weeks. So we told yeah. her about the California. So when we line. convinced her that one puppy at a time would be more than a handful, and she went and said, I'm not going to get two more. I want my deposit back. The breeder started, the quote breeder, right. in quotation marks. Not a reputable breeder. Not a good breeder. No. no. Started to give her a hard time. But since we had educated our student on the law, and the law in California is you can't sell a puppy before, before eight, eight, weeks. eight weeks. So she was like, well, I'm sure other people would like to know, somebody in perhaps the county law enforcement, that the puppy you sold me was not eight weeks. So she got her deposit back quickly. <laughs> but yeah. yes, those were all red flags to me that that was not a caring, not to mention the, the temperament and the confirmation of the puppy that she originally got. Right, right. It's not. So if you contact a breeder, don't be surprised if they ask a lot of questions. Uh, Some may ask if you have a fenced yard. Some may ask if the dog (laughs) is going to live in the house or live outside. You might be asked how many hours you're gone from the house every day. What are the ages of your other dogs? What kind of dogs? I mean, expect to be queried because a good breeder, a reputable breeder who cares about her dogs and her puppies is going to want to make sure this is the right home for her puppies. A reputable breeder is a lot like an adoption agency. Yes. If you want to buy a dog, go to Craigslist. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no slur on like Craigslist. <laughs> I sell stuff on Craigslist, but not puppy dogs. And then do your research to look at, ask people, look at dogs, you know, don't be in a hurry, jump to it. Oh, I want a blah, blah dog, X, Y, Z. Let's go get one today. Oh, Bones, I was on the waiting list for almost a year. Um, For this puppy coming up, I called her months ago. Well, I lost Cisco last November, and I think it took me several months to to grieve for that. And then then I decided, okay, I'm going to contact Bones' breeder and just have her put me on the list. 
I wasn't ready yet at that time, but I knew that she would be making a list for any future breeding. And uh, uh, she said, as a matter of fact, she was going to breed her bitch either spring or fall, depending on when she was able to get the, the available male. And uh, they were born a couple days ago. Yeah. Yep. So I'm used to being put on a waiting list. <laughs> and if you're investigating a breed or a kind of dog, um, I highly recommend going to rescue organizations for that breed. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because then you see the other side of it. So uh-huh. the breeder who may say, this is a very, this is a great protective dog for your home. Then the rescues will tell you this breed can be snappish mm-hmm. right. and may not allow people onto your property. Mm-hmm. And so that's there's why many, we end up with There's them. many different definitions to terms. Yes. And most rescue groups are there for the love of that breed, but they also have very clear eyes right. as to what the breed's good and bad parts yeah. are. I think also my red flag, if you're going to a breeder, you, you think it's going to be pretty good and they start pushing you and taking puppies, mm-hmm. and then two are even better. I would really run the other way. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. And then the other thing I would like to add to that is don't just talk to the breeder. Don't just talk to the rescue folks, but talk to dog trainers like us. Oh, gosh. It happened. The I know. Night. Last night. Last night, I had a couple during our, our puppy play for our puppy class folks. A couple came up. And they'd been through class with us with a previous dog many years ago who is now an old dog. And the gentleman said, I'm looking to get a different breed than, than we have now. And he said, and my goal is to do therapy dog work with this dog. I have a couple breeds in mind. Would you give me an opinion on them? And I said, oh, yes, thank you for asking. <laughs> and we talked for, oh, a good 10, 15 minutes. He made, our, he made your decade. I mean, oh, that's like quite a question we yeah. live for. Yes. Yeah. And then he asked uh, how to find a puppy. And I basically gave him much of the information from this <laughs> podcast. And, and then he said, when do I start training with this puppy? And... And then how do I, if the puppy does well, how do I make it a therapy dog? And so we had this long discussion. And when they left, I went over to Kate and went, yes, yes, yes. And the last, not last person to talk to, but an additional person to talk to is talk to your veterinarian. Or if you don't have one yet, if this is a first dog, talk to a local veterinarian or two, be willing to pay for an office visit because you're going to take his his or her time, but then ask them if you have one or two or three breeds in mind, ask them what health problems do you see in this breed or these breeds? And if it's a local breeder, do you have any contact with them? Yes. Have you had any experience? So get information from everyone. And there's one thing that dog people love to do. It's talk about their dogs. Right. Dog. Yeah. The name of this podcast is the Doggy Dog Go. World. <laughs> Go to every dog event and keep your eyes and ears yeah. open yeah. And, and, you know, chat. So as you may have noticed, the title of this podcast is How to Choose a Purebred Puppy or How to Choose a Puppy from a Breeder. But notice that there's more on choosing a breeder than it is actual puppy. And that's really the way it, it should be. So 
So do your homework, do your research, ask questions, ask, 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 ask. And be prepared to answer a lot of questions, and do not get offended by that. Yep. And I'm sure you'll be hearing podcasts in the future about Patriots and my new puppy. Yeah. In a a few months. Yep. (laughs) All right, so that's it. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.